1: Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4 24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a straight-talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto-pay discount. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com.
2: Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah.
3: We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today.
2: Who are pretty post, if I do so, so myself.
3: Welcome to How Did We Get Weird.
2: So Jonah, I know we're both really excited about our guest today. And I think when I first met him a little while back, we actually went to his home.
3: Well, I was hanging out at his house. I think he's nodding. So I think he remembers this. We were working on something. I think Chris Farren was also there. And maybe he'll remember the context a little more. At some point, Mm -hmm. you were in the area or something and you wanted to come by and you were basically like (laughs) showed up and then we're like, can I take a nap at your house?
2: (laughs) And I was
4: like, yeah, sure. And then you went to sleep. Yeah.
2: And I took a nap for a long time.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And then I went and picked up merch. And then when I got back, you were gone. Wow. (laughs) And Chris and Laura were like, oh man, Vanessa told us all these cool stories about SNL. And I'm like, Great. Cool, cool,
2: cool, cool, cool. Oh, so I woke up and told stories before I left.
4: Yeah.
3: Wow. That's kind of the least you could do, Vanessa. Don't you feel like? I mean, you're showing up at someone's house just asking to take a nap. You got to at least... Well, yeah,
4: but I didn't get the stories.
3: Yeah. I got the merch. Yeah. I went to Kinko's. (laughs) (laughs) I got like seven-inch inserts or something. In case you haven't noticed from downloading this podcast, seeing Jeff's name or the photo of him was we're promoting yeah, it with. Yeah, do you put our the guests...
4: guest's name on the podcast I know. Yes. Yeah,
3: we put the guest name and then we act like no one knows who it is. I, I don't yeah. know. It's... Yeah,
2: that's just classic podcast <laughs> culture.
3: <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. It's cool. We like to keep the mystery alive, but our guest today is a uh musician you might know from his work you know bomb the music industry he also does a lot of work as composer for cartoons but you most likely just know him as jeff rosenstock he's a new album out called hell mode that just came out let's welcome
4: jeff rosenstock hi jeff hi thanks for having me vanessa and jonah i'm stoked to be here and great intro. yes thanks thank for you, the you much. Intro. Thanks so much yeah, so yeah so
3: jeff do you remember the context of this we you're like vanessa's gonna nap no i think vanessa you I sprung the I nap went on there us.
2: with you jonah but you're saying i was in the neighborhood
3: I thought you came later. I guess maybe it doesn't really matter.
2: Maybe I did. I remember the room I slept in. Like, I sort of remember what it looked like. And I just remember getting some great sleep in there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Glad our mattress did did good. I remember you were like, is that weird? I was like, no. Go to bed. You're tired. Yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing
2: you guys. Kind of, were you maybe doing a podcast while I was there?
4: Yeah, we were probably doing, because me and my friend Chris Farron have a lost podcast called Back to the Island, and Jonah has been a guest on a handful of episodes. You know what?
2: I wonder if you were doing that, Jonah, you were being a guest on their podcast while I was taking a nap.
3: Yeah, that's definitely possible.
2: You know, I feel like the story kind of like continues in a weird way, in kind of like surprising things, because I, Jeff, met your sister, and we like became friends. And then she's a very funny television writer, your sister Kim. And we had gotten coffee. We'd gotten breakfast a bunch of times, never made the connection that our brothers were friends. And then she was telling me about the show and I realized her last name was Rosenstock. And that's not a last name you hear all the time. And she was sort of no. like my brother's in the music scene and all that. And I was like, so is my brother. Oh, I think I said, is your brother Jeff Rosenstock? And she said, yes. And I was like, what the hell? Because I feel like... <laughs> Jonah talks about you so much and and was like, and I was like, oh my God, our brothers are friends. The fact that that happened after she and I had hung out several times, I think is pretty crazy. And also she lives in LA Yeah, and I do now too. But at the time, I think I was living in New York anyway. Pretty wild.
4: Yeah, it's wild. Usually, the connection with my sister does not pop up as much as you think it would do, being that we're both in entertainment fields or whatever. Yes. But like, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I'm that's glad that you
2: met crazy. my sister. Yeah. yeah.
3: But, Vanessa, did you ask to take a nap at Jeff's sister's place? or, or only No, there?
2: I haven't yet.
3: Yeah, okay. you got to go Goldilocks
4: style with me and my sister and my
2: brother. <laughs> Pick the <laughs> best bed. I oh mean, honestly, God. sounds like I'm
4: in the lead already, but... Yes,
2: for sure. <laughs> for sure. And where does your brother live?
4: He lives on the panhandle of Florida. So that'll be harder That's than to to Yeah, but, you know, the podcast could be for the blight, right? That's, That's right. True. That's right. That's true. Jeff, I was, like, incredibly
3: stressed out to talk to you not incredibly stressed out but i was worried because i just read this dan ozzy guardian interview about how busy you are <laughs> and i was like is this like annoying for jeff is jeff feeling bit like how, how what's your busy level right now like, yes. how are you feeling
4: so we're out in long island doing band practice before we go on tour for a couple of days i had like a lull in between finishing my work on the craig score and on flying out here And the record coming out and I got like sick enough that I tested for COVID. Okay. Negative. Nice. But like, I was just like dead sick for like three days and like traveling and having band practice. It was a nightmare, but I've turned a corner yesterday. I'm feeling good. I'm drinking a coffee. We're chilling out. I would say I'm not that busy right now. I don't know. Okay. How do you answer that question? How do you quote, what, like on a scale of one to 30? (laughs)
2: <laughs> sure, I like that scale because well, it it I, leaves room for nuance.
4: Yeah, twenty two, eighteen, around there in that range. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, compared to like twenty nine or thirty. Okay, normally twenty
2: nine. Yeah, because that's
3: the highest. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The highest is thirty.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I I found Dan's article to be I, I really enjoyed reading it, and you know him talking about your apartment in Greenpoint where Vanessa took the nap, and just <laughs> I remember just like LP mailers, you know, everywhere. Like we should write something you know you're right and it's like to me it was like not like dirty but but it was like it was the dirty punkest. it's okay well, well it, to me it felt like a legitimate like punk it was like legit punk not like because you had like os rotten posters up or something but because yeah. you were like running this kind of diy business and it was like so much your your life and to me that was like that was really cool
4: thanks man yeah we're, it was <laughs> uh i'll tell you so we we moved to la and not have it to fucking carry records up three flights of stairs, it's better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah.
4: better to not have to carry thousands of records up and down those stairs. Yes. Are
3: you happy? Like, do you miss anything about New York? Yeah. For LA? Like no, everything. Yeah. New
4: York's the best. Okay. LA is yeah. cool. I love New York though. I, I feel like every time I've come back to visit, I'm like, oh yeah, this is where I'm from. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like New York. I feel like I'm slowly assimilating to LA. Like I moved right before the pandemic. So it was like... It's I a,
2: sort of did too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe a year before, but but it feels like right before. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Were you uh taken aback also that things are just like closed at like nine yes, at nine it PM is odd you can't that get? Things food? are
2: closed. Yes. It is crazy. Although I think the longer I've lived here, the more LA has become like New York in that you technically could order in food at really any time of night now. But you really? can't yes. Ooh, where are you ordered food from? <laughs> okay. I would really love for them to sponsor us without having to give them an app, but like there's like a DoorDash, a Postmates. In New York we did Seamless, which I think here is
4: Seamless and Grubhub.
2: Grubhub just became yeah. one. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Um, But that stuff all exists. You can do it. It just like in New York, you could order from like any place that you like, even a really nice restaurant that you'd go to at like eight o'clock. You could order from it like one in the morning. Whereas you can't do that here.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, those food apps and stuff, like I don't do it because I'm so used to the New York, like, you know, you order Chinese food and like some guy brings it to you and it's like, cool, here's your tip. But like, There's like service fees and then app fees and then like a fake tip that they're like, this is just for maybe we'll give it to the driver. And then it's like $15, $20 extra. And then all of a sudden you're spending like $35 on pancakes. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't got that kind of money spent on pancakes.
2: (laughs) I think I had rolled into it kind of and gotten used to it in New York. Because in New York, I would often just out of pure laziness order like a bagel and it would be like a $3 bagel and I'd pay either... All these fees, so I could get it delivered, or I would order a bagel and a huge cookie and all this stuff to meet the minimum, and I'd be like, "Well, (laughs) I guess I'm meeting the minimum, so you know, you got to do what you got to do."
4: I've definitely done that, where it's like, "Yeah, I guess I'll get like this. I don't monkey bread, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. What's it? Eight dollars? Am I at fifteen yet? Let's go. Yes, exactly.
2: I think New York was really good training for that because here. Those minimums, you know, depending on where you're ordering from, even if it's 2 in the morning, or especially if it's 2 in the morning, those minimums are pretty high. So you have to, you know, depending on where you're ordering from, order milk, order, you know. Milk, huh? Yeah. You're ordering
4: milk at 2 (laughs) a.m.?
2: Well, sometimes what I'll do is I'll go, okay, if I were grocery shopping now, like, let's think outside the box, if you will. Like, let's, let's not just focus on... 2 a.m. Vanessa, what do I want? Let's think about what am I going to want for this week. Mm. Sure,
3: sure, smart. Mm-hmm. I live in a rural area in Western Massachusetts, and here, like, it's like the opposite. The restaurants are open like Tuesday through Thursday from like two to seven o'clock. Like everything's <laughs> open very weird hours. Don't worry, it's like, L.A. does that too. <laughs> they do. It's yeah. It's so <laughs> complicated. I, live, I, I don't know.
2: I ordered Seamless or DoorDash for Jonah once when he was sick and. I ordered him, I wanted to get him like soup. So I got him like wonton soup. And the options to deliver to him were like three places total.
3: Yeah, we don't have Uber out here. Mm. We don't have a lot of that stuff. But you know, you, you make a sandwich. I don't know.
2: But you know, you can deliver to... So I've delivered Corky and Lenny's to mom and dad's place. Yeah. yeah through, through one of those apps.
3: Jeff, getting into your childhood a little bit. Believe it or not, we didn't come here to talk food apps with you. <laughs> although I know that is a passion of yours.
2: It's certainly a passion of mine.
3: I'm curious, like you grew up and I don't want to say this wrong. I know this is kind of controversial. It it's on Long Island. I don't I don't really know the answer to the question okay, you're okay. asking me. People say in Long Island or on Long Island.
4: I named a record to leave or die in Long Island, and I had a okay. lot of people be like, Isn't it on Long Island or in Long Island? And I was like, Oh shit, I've never really thought about which one I say.
3: Okay. I don't know the answer. question. Yeah, I don't know either. Okay, fair enough. I don't think it matters, man.
4: You know, just live your truth. You know, why are you hung up on this shit? It's fucked up. Yeah,
3: no, it's true. Well, what was your kind of entry point into like punk, I guess, or or music? Like, were you listening? Was it your siblings or was it kids at school or what was your...
4: It was like a weird combo of like I had babysitters who would listen to like metal. Okay. And I got into like anthrax and Guns N' Roses and like some hair metal shit, like Slaughter and White Lion and that kind of stuff. And then a friend of my brother's was into like death metal, and I was like, "Oh, this is my shit." And I it was like death and Deicide and Cannibal Corpse and bands like that. And I was like a kid. I was like, "This this is fast. This is loud. And I like this." And there was also like just like hearing rap a lot too. And I was like, "Oh, like Public Enemy and Keras. So One was like, "Oh, I like this too." And then uh, I think. Through all that, finding like Faith No More and then finding Mr. Bungle through that and then being like, what is this music happening with the horns? And also Fishbone around the time was kind of metal. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what is this music happening with the horns? And then also kind of like Nirvana and grunge bands were happening. And then when Green Day kind of happened and there were like, And when, like, Green Day and Offspring were happening, like, it all just kind of, like, made sense. This, like, fast, loud music. Like, I was also listening to, like, Biohazard. Like, it was mostly listening to, like, metal and hardcore bands and stuff. And then slowly, like, I slowly got into, like, Green Day and The Offspring. I really liked The Offspring because they were fast. And then I saw that Green Day Woodstock performance. I was like, oh, shit. And then I heard the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. I was like, oh, this guy screams. I was like, oh, this sounds like that Mr. Bungle Fishbone stuff. And then I was like, so I was like, yeah, that's ska. And I was like, oh, okay. And then like I kind of just quickly like went down like the epitaph records rabbit hole and like getting like two or three dollar comps. And also that and like punk was just like blowing up so much that like you could just find every zine had like a sampler. And I was just like, oh yeah, listening to all that stuff. And then I had a zine and I would write to like small labels like Fearless at the time, which was a small label, and they'd send me like. 10 CDs of, like, 10, like, random-ass California punk bands that I'd be, like, 14 and just be like, this is all great, this is the best, I love this, you know? That's kind of the the path, I think. Yeah, I had a kind of a similar
3: path. I was going to say, I mean, it w- sounds
2: so similar to you, yeah, Jonna.
3: I was really, I mean, White Lion, you know, When the Children Cry, they had some, some classic jams. Oh, shit.
4: wait, wait. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I was really into a lot of that glam stuff as well and then got into, like... Operation Ivy, and the Misfits, and that kind of stuff, but yeah. also was into Faith No More and like Megadeth and all that. Kind yeah, of, yeah, yes. yes, yes,
4: yes. Oh my gosh, Megadeth, Rust in Peace, still rocks. Somebody stole that CD from my car. I'm sad. It was my really yeah, oh. Oh. Rust in Peace CD. Someone broke into my car in front of my house. Couldn't like steal the car, but just took my CD book. That's
2: uh, that stinks.
4: That's not cool. <laughs> what are you gonna do with that?
2: Nothing now.
3: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was playing guitar around this time and I I feel like I learned like the first 15 seconds of all those songs and then like gave up, but I can still play like the first like the very <laughs> beginning and I was like yeah, I can't remember all this. <laughs> yeah.
4: They're they're good at guitar. Those metal bands are good at guitar. They were really good. They were good.
2: Can I ask a question for both of you? This is something that Kim, your sister Jeff, pointed out to me once, which is we were talking about our brothers and saying that they're both very sweet. You're both very sweet guys. And Kim was saying, I think part of the reason my brother is so sweet or something, or, or she That's noticed nice she was... Sister. She said he's <laughs> he gets like any kind of aggression or any kind of frustration, I guess, out when he's playing his music. He plays this really sort of like intense music and it allows him to just you know, obviously there's other factors too. You're probably genuinely just a very nice person, but like both of you, but that like she was like, he has this outlet sort of for any kind of like frustration or whatever to sort of get it out with his music. And so he plays this music that I'll I'll speak more to Jonah. Like I would say that Jonah's music, sometimes I'm like, whoa, this is scary and sounds like it's coming from Maniacs (laughs) in a positive way. But like, do you both feel that way that it allows you to be kind of more grounded and kind of sweet in your general lives that you play this music that is like, you know, this is my impression of Jonas bands. We, to, we go to the you know. <laughs>
4: Wait, where do they go? We go to the park
2: and, and it's all the all day in the park. We'll be there. You know, like, and then you go, yeah. hey, can I get, does anyone need a coffee?
0: <laughs> That's not exactly it, but
2: I'm generalizing here. But I, this is a real question I have.
4: Uh, Jeff, take it away. <laughs> so I just finished. The answer is, I don't know. I haven't thought about that until like a week ago. Yeah, I don't know if do you know Noelle Wells? She she yes, was on master. Yes, you know Noelle. So Noelle plays Kelsey on Craig of the Creek, and we were recording the last song that we're gonna record for the show. And we were talking about stuff, and she's like, Yeah, this is fun. This is like rage therapy. People say you should do rage therapy. And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess that's just kind of like being in a band. She's like, Yeah, I guess that's kind of what you do, huh? And I was like, huh. I never really considered it.
2: Interesting.
4: I guess so. I think with like lyrics and stuff, like that's the obvious one where like, yeah, I feel that I feel cathartic about it or whatever. Right. But like, I don't know if that lends to my personality. I don't know if I would, I don't, because truthfully, like, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a grumpy guy sometimes. And I, I'm impatient pretty frequently. And like, I try to be nice and kind to people, but like, I don't know, like anybody, my worst impulses get the best of me sometimes. I try to be nice, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it probably helps. The test would be, I need to ask people if during 2020, if I was like a real piece of shit because I wasn't doing it, <laughs>
0: you
4: know what I mean? It does definitely right. feel good to play in a band. And when I'm done, I'm like, Woo, that was fun. I feel good. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. Maybe that is rage therapy. Right.
3: Jonah? I don't know. You know, this is something I kind of think about a lot, you know, because I work in the mental health field now also. And I do a lot of work around the intersection of music and mental health. So I do think there is like a cathartic energy to playing aggressive music. Like I do think when you get up there, it is, you know, and there's the energy of the audience. And I feel like my parts, like especially United Nations, are, are kind of slow. Like there's a lot of blast beats happening. And then I've noticed like my parts are kind of more like slow, almost like this meditative feeling so I do think so but I think the other thing that you're hitting on Vanessa is like I think some of the people that might be intimidating looking to people like outside of the genre like people with a lot of tattoos and piercings tend to be like the nicest people like you you know what I mean and I think maybe people they get judged in some ways because they don't present as like super you know normative or, or whatever but I think those people tend to be like so nice like even in like the you know in the metal community all these people like you talk to them and they're like oh hey what's up you know so
2: well, yeah i wonder if that has to do with like they're so comfortable expressing themselves that whether it be through like you know getting a bunch of tattoos and piercings and stuff like that or you know in jonah's case in high school putting like peanut butter in their hair to have dreadlocks or whatever <laughs> the the thing is peanut butter <laughs> Yeah,
3: you gotta work with what you got when you you know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> But like because because they're <laughs> because they're like, you know, people that are really expressing themselves through any means, whether it be through music or their appearance or whatever, it's like then they don't feel like the frustration of like I gotta express you know, I I'm feeling like I'm holding in all of this self-expression or whatever.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, also like I feel like I've slowly like Been become okay like being a sweet person like Mm -hmm. I think when you're growing up as a guy you're conditioned to like be competitive and be aggressive and have this certain kind of like macho bullshit to you and it took me a really long time to realize like I don't need to do that and I don't know if that's connected with being in a band I think that was just connected with being older and being like oh I can actually be myself and I don't have to like do that shit you know what i mean yeah Uh, yeah. so i don't know if it's being in a band or if it's just getting older and being like man fuck i think all that shit is stupid and i'm not gonna i don't want to i want to be like the person that i would like to be you know what i mean yeah no i think that's
3: true and i think you know the culture's changed but i also think being in a band forces you to really like learn how to Hopefully, learn how to like communicate with people right. and like exp- you know. <laughs> you certainly haven't met like eighty five percent of people in bands. No, I know, I know. And, and like as I'm saying this, I'm like, I mean, but in an That's, ideal world, I, like, yeah, ideal. Yeah. You know, it forces yes. you to the bands sort that of, we're
4: friends with.
3: <laughs> yes, yes, all the bands that we know, amazing are cool. at communication. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they always on the same page. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> But yeah, I think th- I think there's something to also, yeah, you're right, Jeff, like getting older and sort of realizing the things that maybe like people th- you thought were important or that society said you were important, like you get older and you- sometimes you just like care about stuff less. You're like, I don't need to act a certain way. Like I can just do my thing.
4: Yeah. And also I think as much as like the needle has like shifted towards like scary, like Right-wing times in a lot of ways. Like I think younger people are more like open to expressing themselves however you want to express yourself. Yeah, and I think that's fucking tight. I think I think like the future is moving in the right direction. You know what I mean? I love that.
2: Yeah, I guess this is a great time for us to take a commercial break. <laughs> yeah, we should and listen we'll, to an ad, and we'll be <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back with both of these little sweeties. Who, if you asked their sisters, they've been. Not just as an adult, they've been sweeties for their whole lives. We'll be right back with Jeff Rosenstock, you know, and Jonah, who I was referencing, uh, right after this break.
5: (laughs) Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
3: And we're back. So, Jeff, you sent a bunch of amazing topics over for us today. Yeah. (laughs) The one we landed on, you know, is The Price is Right. Obviously, Bob Barker sadly passed away recently. And, you know, one... Not the Judgment Night soundtrack, huh? Well, I also do want to talk about the Judgment Night soundtrack. Okay, (laughs) Um, Okay, I feel less familiar with
2: this, but yeah. It's
3: it's not... (laughs) (laughs) But, (laughs) uh, Jeff, why did that
4: topic kind of come to mind for you? Is that a show you watched a lot as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I watched it a ton when I was a kid. And like honestly, Bob Barker's passing didn't really even factor into it. Just like when I was a kid, like I was just obsessed with game shows and price okay. is right is the game show, you know? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I like my first thought when I was a kid was like, I want to be a game show host. Wow. Like, I have like a I had like an action figure that was called Mr. Game Show, I think. And like, (laughs) wow, you'd press a button on it and be like, come on down or something like that. Like, I was, (laughs) I was like obsessed and stuff. And I would watch it whenever I could. You know, whenever I stayed home sick, I'd be like, yes, watch Price is Right today. Yeah. Love Plinko. Plinko. Love Plinko. Love Matterhorn. And uh, even though this is a nostalgia base, I think we have to admit, that Drew Carey does a pretty good job. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with it. I haven't
3: watched as much as a Drew. What do you think? You think he's he's doing okay?
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, see it in okay. hotels. Like, I see it in hotels yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I I didn't... I couldn't possibly picture someone else in that role.
2: He's doing He's doing, he's well. doing as
4: good as he could do. He, yeah, yeah, he does good. He's fun. Yeah. He's yeah. very off the cuff. Very much like, eh, what is this thing? Okay, all right, let's go. Ah, it's kind of a... It's a different vibe. It's cool. Drew Carey's from Cleveland, our hometown.
3: And uh, yes. hell, yeah. all I know about him is like, people would be like, I think I knew someone in the service industry or something was, like like, Carrie ordered a drink and then just like left a $100 bill. Well, and I was like, I, okay, I, this guy seems pretty cool.
2: He's very generous. He, you know, yeah. he's doing a thing now. At this point, the writer strike has been going on, you know, for over three months, maybe over close to four months. And there's two restaurants. There's Bob's Big Boy and a Swingers. And he writers can people in the writers guild can go eat there for free. At any time, and he and what just, does
3: that have to do? He pays for it. He
2: pays for it. He has wow. So like, if you're in the Writers Guild and you show your card at either of those places in LA, he you your food is free. It's paid for by Drew Carey. How does that work with the DoorDash situation?
3: <laughs> That's <a> really <laughs> Vanessa. Can you
2: order? God, I haven't tried. <laughs> Okay, this is a really good idea. Okay, you may have to end this <laughs> <story> <laughs> finds out she can Did read? I just ruin this for all the writers?
4: <laughs> that's awesome! What a nice Isn't guy! That so nice! Yeah. damn, yeah. that's what. Yeah. If you're if you become like ridiculous, like you're the fucking host of Prices Right, like yeah. have that kind of money, that's what you should do. Help people yeah. out, spread so it around. Nice. It's yeah. so yeah. nice. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah, I
2: think you would do that, Jeff, if you were the host of. <laughs> I would
4: a hundred percent do that. Yeah, it's like yeah. the. I mean, this is like basically like the crux of the writer's strike is the way that the money gets divided makes no fucking sense. It's completely unbalanced. And it's just like, it's nice when someone who gets the other end of the imbalance is like, okay, I'm going to try and shift some over here because the powers that be are not going to do that. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally.
4: Yeah. That's
3: that's amazing. So so yeah, Plinko. What were some, <laughs> any other games that were? All right, I like
4: Matterhorn. I like Matterhorn. the game with the car where you had like the five numbers. Yeah, and you had to like flip them around to make it the price of the car, and then you won the car. That was always fun. Yeah, uh, right. I always wanted to spin the wheel. Yeah, you okay? You were saying in the intro you went, and so do, you, does did they let everyone in the audience? just spin the wheel one time like on the no, road or no. anything? No, no. So here's what
3: happened. Yeah, we were talking before the podcast. I was on the... I wasn't a contestant, but I went... When I did a semester... You were in the crowd. I was in the crowd, but my roommate... I was in college. So I did a semester of college in LA in like 2000, 2001. Somehow we went... My whole class, like the whole group of, of the LA program for my college went. It was maybe like 10, maybe like 15 kids. Matching shirts? And we went... I don't think we had matching shirts... But a lot of people had like, I went to Ithaca College. A lot of people had like Ithaca merch on. And we were oh, okay. basically like... To
2: like really show you were in college. Yeah. We were yeah.
3: basically we were like, the odds are one of us is going to get picked. And then it turned out... Because... So
2: because why, Jonah? But just to I explain, think when
3: you go with a big group, they yeah. tend to maybe pick one person.
2: And when you're from a specific group, I think, like it's like we're yeah. all coming from this yes, one yes. college. Like it's like, oh, great. Let's take one of these college kids. That's like a fun thing.
4: And they want people at Ithaca to keep watching The prices Right, you know, it doesn't Right, hurt. well, here's, here's what happened. Actually, the guy picking
3: who gets on the show went was an Ithaca College person.
2: The guy um, who picks who gets on? Yeah, so oh. basically, you're, you get
3: tickets or something, and you're in line, and this guy comes through and basically kind of interviews people as you're waiting, and, he, wow. and he's a guy, I guess, picking who gets on, and my roommate, Jay, knew this guy.
5: <gasps> because I, I think he was only like it. a
3: few years older than us or something. I don't know. Somehow Jay knew him. Nepo baby. And I was like, Neppo total Nepo baby. Neppo baby. <laughs> yes. So so we do this interview. We're sitting there. And, you know, we have the name tags, like the big yellow name tags that look like the tickets and everything. And I don't know. At some point, they call my roommate's name. And so we had a VHS of it. I'm I'm in it because I'm sitting next to him. He runs down there, gets on bids on this projection TV. Do you remember those rear projection TVs? Sure. They were like huge. Giant. Giant backs. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So he bids. He wins this projection TV. Gets to play a game. And it's like almost like a
4: mini golf putting game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the name, but I know the game you're talking about.
3: Yeah. So it's a putting game or something. He's up for some kind of trip to Japan. Maybe it wasn't a putting. I don't remember the game, but he's up for a trip to Japan. He loses. Then he goes over on the wheel. But he gets the TV. Okay. So we get back to Ithaca and you can either keep the prize or you can forfeit it because you have to pay tax on it.
4: When you forfeit it, do you get the money or no?
3: No. I think it's just like if you can't pay the tax on it because probably if you get a car or something, you have to pay like thousands of dollars for it still. But they... So sad. The truth! I
2: know. I know. Peek but, behind the curtain and it's a bummer. Yeah, damn dog. Why you gotta fuck us up with this?
3: <laughs> I know. But they paid for the shipping for free. And this oh. TV must have cost so much to ship. So we he paid a couple hundred bucks for the tax. And we had this really, really gross apartment yeah. with this like $4,000 rear protection TV <laughs> in it. And I lived with them for a couple years. And every time we moved... We had to, like, load this TV into, like, a (laughs) flatbed truck. It took, like, three people to lift it. It was, like... Did
4: you have to move it downstairs and stuff? No,
3: luckily, we were on the first floor, but it was, like, this TV was so big and heavy. Yeah. But he also got a signed Bob Barker picture. Cool. And, you know, and all that stuff. But, yeah, that was my experience. We got the TV, and we had this, like, really nice TV for years. And now, for probably $100, you can get a way
4: better TV that you can carry yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. What, how, uh, like, I, I feel like I've thought about going. I'll, I'll go at some point in my life. I really want to go. I want to go see you it. You should go. But, like, uh, that, that, like, contestant interview beforehand seems really kind of terrifying to me.
3: Yeah. You know? I think, luckily, I was only, like, 20, so I, like, wasn't... I was just like, oh, hey, whatever. You know, like, but now, as an adult, I would be much more strategic. But I don't know. I think there was, like, there was a documentary about The Price is Right that came out a couple of years. Did, you, did you, either of you see that? No, I got to see it. No. There's a guy who was like, had figured out the price of everything and would like oh, go yeah. to the show. Yeah. I and like shout stuff out mm-hmm. and he would always be right. Mm-hmm. And like, it was, yeah, it's kind of interesting.
1: Wow.
3: Yeah.
2: That's incredible.
3: Yeah. Jeff, were there any other shows that you were into? Other game shows? I really liked Press Your Luck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Loved the whammy.
2: Yeah.
3: What was it about those that as a kid was so appealing? Because it was a cartoon or I think so.
4: Yeah. yeah. I mean for, for like just thinking about even me right now, like cartoon, flashing lights, pretty chaotic. Doesn't really seem to follow any sort of rules. Also, it's it felt it feels kind of like live television in a way, where it's just like you get the impression that they don't reshoot anything on those things. They're just like yeah. blasting through like 10 as fast as they can. And there is some chaos in that, which is really, which maybe that's what I was drawn to when I was a kid, even if I didn't know it at the time. You know what I mean? Sure. So like that show, Card Sharks, I was really into. Those are the ones I can I can remember specifically off the top of my head. And then when I got older, I was really into lingo. And I was really good at lingo. I could always get it before the contestants did and then i was going to go and try and be a contestant but i didn't do it and then uh wordle happened and i'm terrible at wordle so i guess i lost oh, lost the tough. fire lost the fire
2: you know we did a sketch on snl once where we did a game show and it was sort that of That seemed a... to
3: happen kind of a lot, Vanessa, huh? I
2: guess we did game shows a lot. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, we did game shows a lot and i was often one of the people behind like the little like one of the contestants but one time we did this sketch where Maya Rudolph was the guest, and it was Kristen and Maya Rudolph. They were playing like The Price Is Right women who like show off the prizes that people could potentially win, and Bill was the host. And somehow I was like his assistant or something, or I don't, or I guess no, I was the contestant. I don't. Either way, everybody broke in it because because Kristen and Maya got into this golf cart, little golf cart thing and they were like running through the set and stuff. And it like went so... It would always go off the rails in rehearsals, but it went so off the rails live that everybody started laughing except for me. And Lauren told me that the only reason that sketch worked and didn't turn into complete garbage was because I didn't start laughing like everybody else. <laughs> it was like one of those... Sketches where like, truly everybody loses it. And I was losing it too, but I was conscious of when the camera was on me. And to be fair, I had like the least to do in the sketch. So I was like sort of more safe than they were. But it was so fun and it was so funny because Kristen and Maya were just like <laughs> like blasting through the set and stuff and they were playing those like sort of Prices Right girls and they were just couldn't like say anything and Bill couldn't say anything like they just it was so funny. But I guess I saved the day, I guess is why I told that story. That's what it sounds
3: like. <laughs> By being stoic. By being stoic. Well, Vanessa, you're pretty good at, at not laughing. I mean, that yes. seems like that would be di- very difficult at times.
2: I was on the show for seven seasons. I didn't break, and st- that's what we would call it. I didn't start laughing during a sketch until the last episode of my sixth season. Wow. Damn.
4: That's a good track record. Do you get in trouble if you break, or are they just like, the thing don't
2: is, do you it again? Don't, you don't get in trouble, but you are told not to. And I'm such a rule follower. And so I was always. Scared of starting to laugh, and also when I would watch the show as a kid, like I think it's so funny when people would start laughing, but it's like I feel like it's always the most funny if it feels like really genuine. So I was like, I can't. It has to be a situation where I literally can't help myself, and that's what what ended up happening because Fred Armisen was doing this really funny character, and I didn't know the camera was going to be on me next. I had forgotten because I was. So amused by him, and then I had a really long line, and I couldn't get it together.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be a crazy thing, because yeah, as a fan, when you watch SNL, like those moments are the like they're fun. That's that's like my favorite shit when that happens. But if it happens all the time, yep, yeah, then, it's then you sort
2: of feels less genuine. I know, and that was always my fear: is I was like, I don't want to be like laughing all the time and be the, and also I don't want to get in trouble, you know. Like so, yeah. I didn't do it for such a long time. I lasted. I wonder if that I, I wonder if that's a record.
4: Yeah, I was wondering, do they have is be. that the record? That seems six years seems like a long six time years. to not. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a record.
2: I think it's a record. It was well past we'll my hundredth show. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much.
3: <laughs> but yeah, the other thing that's so memorable to me when I think about the prices is right is Bob Barker's cameo and Happy Gilmore.
4: Yeah. Great. All-time great
3: cameo. All-time great cameo. Oh, my gosh.
2: What a cool guy that he would do that.
3: Yeah. I've been... I talked about this recently, Vanessa. I've been watching a lot of early 2000s Adam Sandler movies recently. Right. Yeah. And there are some interesting... There's a... I don't know if you've ever seen the film Anger Management, Jeff.
4: No. Dude, should <laughs> I? I. This no. is like an area of Adam Sandler movies. I'm like, okay. I don't know if I... I don't know yeah. if I'm in here.
3: That's how I was. It's 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 kind of a weird scene, but there's there's like a Rudy, Rudy Giuliani cameo in *Anger Management* when he's like a hero. It's like Mr. Julie, and it's there at a game, and now you're watching. You're just like, oh man,
4: what was with like <laughs> comedy in the '90s and 2000s where we were like, hey, let's get Rudy Giuliani and things. Like he's such a like obvious piece of shit. He was then. <laughs> he is now. Like, what's he doing on *Seinfeld*? Yeah. It's so
2: crazy. Well, also people really loved him. I mean, like remember after 9-11, not to he, when they did, when they came back and did SNL, he was in the opening credits. They had like this choir sing, and then they did like this really beautiful opening, and then it's like such a great opening. Lauren says something to him, like can we make people laugh again or something like that? And Rudy Giuliani says, why start now? And it's so funny because it's like, you know, classic burn, but it's also just like, I feel like people thought he was so great and he has fallen so far in such a, you know, we're not from New York, so I don't I know think how he, he was. was... Great. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. <laughs> I guess the reason I knew about him was because of, unfortunately, because of 9 11, like that's when New York, lo- you know, p- politicians, became sure, more nationally He wasn't known. the fucking
4: mayor. He wasn't yeah. the mayor anymore. So, like, the undercurrent of that is yeah. that a guy who was not the mayor was on TV being like, hey, I'm still the mayor, kind of, right? And he was using, like, a fucking giant tragedy to do that.
2: Yeah, that's Because so he's a piece of shit. I 100% thought he was mayor when all of that happened.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's, wow. it's crazy, right? He was kind of like, I'm still kind of the mayor. You're going to kind of need me, right? And everybody in New York's like, we don't need any of you. Bloomberg, Giuliani, fuck yeah.
2: off. Yeah.
4: Or or I say everybody, every other nineteen year old in New
0: York. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah. It was it also
3: was like to that time in comedy movies, I felt like you had to have some kind of like cameo from someone like a straight guy. Yeah. Someone famous, but not like super like some kind of weird area where it's like this. Yeah, I don't know. All those films.
4: Yeah. yeah, they still do it. Like Eminem in uh, This Is 40. Oh, yeah. That's a weird cameo. Yep, yep. It's fun, though.
2: Yeah. He's one of the people I was the most starstruck by on SNL was Eminem.
4: I believe it. Yeah.
2: Don't you think you'd be so... I was so... And one time I was walking off the stage and he helped me off the stage. Like He put his hand out and he go, he was like, here you go, sweetheart. And I was like, oh, my God, I guess I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was so... And I really... I wanted to do all these stupid sketches with him. And I, and the producer was like, he, he's not doing sketches this week. And I was like... Uh, when he was just like the musical guest. But yeah. he was so cool. And I was so starstruck by him. And yet, when I was like a teenager and I would hear his music, I'd be like, I'd change the channel to Violent. You know, like, I didn't like sure. his...
4: You didn't like his raps about abusing... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I didn't like his reps. yeah but yet meeting him as an adult I was like oh my god I can barely speak <laughs> so
4: yeah, I, yeah he's he's an icon whatever you think about his music he's an icon I just remembered I went to SNL when I was a kid I went to a rehearsal one not when I was a kid when I was in college and Eminem was a musical guest. Whoa. Wow. Uh, it was Nor it was the Norm McDonald Eminem one. Wow. Oh
2: my God. Where Norm inc- McDonald
4: did this did the speech where he was like, So I got fired from the show because I'm not funny enough. Uh and now I'm hosting the show. So is it because I got funnier? No, it's because the show's really bad now. Uh, <laughs> and and I was just like. Amazed and I remember seeing Eminem like in that hallway to get to the studio, like yes. riding piggyback on some
2: cast member. And I was just oh like, Oh my God. Wow, New York City. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's an that what an incredible show you were at. That's so yeah. cool. It did you
4: g- win the tickets in the lottery, or was that the my girlfriend at the Times family member did something for someone? I really it's fucked up. I can't remember who got me those tickets. And if you're listening to this, you know, you have a right to be mad at me.
3: Well, Jeff, it sounds like you might be a bit of a Nepo
4: baby yourself.
3: Ooh.
2: Wow. <laughs> wow. And it comes full circle. Yes.
4: We all have Nepo baby in us, I believe. I believe <laughs> A
2: little bit. Just a little bit.
4: There's a little, little tiny Nepo baby. Ache it to get out.
2: The other thing that just to bring it back really quickly to Price is right, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Bob Barker at the end of every episode would say, Remember to spay and neuter your yeah. pets. And I always found that to be incredibly jarring. And I would always be like, What the hell? But now, being an adult and having researched it, it's just because he was an animal lover and he didn't, yeah. he, you know wanted people to responsibly... I don't know. I just remember hearing that at the end of the episode and and being like, what the fuck <laughs> as a kid? <laughs> there was this
4: cartoon I liked when I was a kid called Two Stupid Dogs. I don't know if either of you remember this. No. Don't. The theme song was really good. It went, two stupid dogs, two stupid dogs, two stupid dogs. And that was it uh and uh there is hell yeah olivia olivia our producer uh, olivia saying remembers she remembers it, it. Yeah. yeah but uh i remember there being an episode where they were watching the prices right and him saying that get your pet spayed and neutered and then being like no <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh and
4: and That's that really forming funny. an opinion for me that like you shouldn't spay and neuter pets and then you know getting older be like oh yeah He's just trying to help. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's he's pretty- simply using his platform to try to help.
3: It's pretty cool. I mean, it's like he has this platform and he's able to kind of shoehorn this like message that like he advocates for in the end. Like you don't really see that very much on like a show like that. It's pretty cool. No. Yeah. No. I
4: wonder if he had to fight for that. I bet you he
3: did. I bet you he did. And then probably he get, became so integral a show. They're like, okay, we have to. This is just part of the deal. Yeah.
2: What if Pat Sajak at the end of um, Ooh. at the end of Wheel of Fortune was like, "Remember to you know, recycle." Yeah, remember to <laughs> reuse, recycle. You know, you,
4: you think he was bummed he didn't have a helpful sign-off. He was just you like, know, I well, wonder bye. if he. I wonder
2: if he was like, I should say something at the end of Wheel of Fortune, like, wh- wh- "What's my?" And then he was like, "Ah, oh, then people are going to think I'm copying Bob Barker, and they're going to be like." oh, Pat Sajak just what Bob Barker wanted me. You yeah. know, like, I wonder if that was his internal monologue. So. He's still hosting it. Yes.
3: I think he's just announced recently he's retiring. Yes. Oh, shit. But yeah, he's Damn. hosted
4: it for so
3: he's long. He's hosted it
2: for, And Vanna is still on it.
4: Vanna looks in, insane for having... Know. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's cool.
2: Do you remember that she used to be a part of an infomercial for some kind of tooth whitening or toothpaste? I say all of this to say... I think it has to do with she has great oral hygiene and I think she takes really good care of herself. So, I mean, you're right. Yeah. I it's incredible. But I do think I like I like that her causes teeth Bob Barker's is, <laughs> is pets. I do think that that's like a really important, you know, people got to take care of their teeth.
3: Yeah. 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 I think Pat Sajak was probably like what kind of sports car am I going to buy this week or something. Jonah, I think that was his. please.
4: He does. He's got the he's got the look, huh? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. he's probably like, Bob Barker, you can take care of animals all you want. I'm going to leave you in the dust in this Porsche car, this Ferrari <laughs> Testarossa. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, the contestant didn't win this car. I guess I'll just drive it off the lot because I'm Pat Jack.
4: <laughs> Is that how it works? The host gets the prizes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think
2: so. But I think he gets, I don't think he gets the prizes, but I think he gets like millions of dollars for every episode. <laughs> so he's like, uh, if I want these prizes, I'll buy them myself. <laughs>
4: They might offer him a choice. You, yeah, do you
2: want your paycheck this week?
4: What happens to the fucking prizes? That's actually a really good question. They like must it's not like the car is on the next day. Like the yeah. car is it's always a new car. That's a really good point. Maybe they return
3: That's it, what I was gonna they... say. Do
2: you think they like get the they have like an agreement mm. with all these different car this is actually a fascinating thing to look up, but like they have these agreements with these car companies that they're like we want to borrow the car for the show and then we'll give it back if the person doesn't win. If the person does win, we'll pay for it.
4: And that's just the cost of the advertisement. So it's like a risk they take. They might lose right, a car or it might be free. they're advertising the
2: show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Like, it's free advertisement for the car, kind of, because they talk about how great the car is. So maybe they get the car every episode, like the car is something that the show gets for free because they're advertising it. And if the contestant doesn't win it, then somebody in the staff goes like, you know, like, whose turn is it this week to get the car?
3: Yeah. Pat gets dibs, and then he says yes or no, and if he doesn't want it, then it probably goes down the ladder.
2: Yeah. It goes to Vanna.
4: Yeah, Vanna next, yeah. And then eventually some intern is like, I can't pay taxes on this car. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Pat's like, sorry, and he goes away. In his Ferrari (laughs) Testarossa and like drives to a pet breeding site or something. I don't know.
2: (laughs) He drives past the set of The Price is Right and he goes, "Fuck you!" (laughs) throws a
4: bunch of uh, dogs in heat onto the set of Price is Right. Like try and spay these.
2: And Bob yells at him from the set nothing feels as good as being a good person
0: <laughs> and,
2: and Pat just speeds speeds off so angry he's like
4: ah he got me again
3: <laughs> yeah I think that's an incredible place to to take a commercial break yeah, I'd love um, to listen that, to another ad can we can, <laughs> can we
0: <laughs> please yeah.
3: one more ad one more yes. ad only okay. one more
5: Jeff please okay thank you we'll be back with more Jeff and stuff witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
1: Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through four fourteen twenty four 24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Straight Talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings and root metrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement.
3: All right. Jeff. Yeah. We're back. Now we're gonna play a quick game called Yes Nostalgia, where we bring up a nostalgic product, show, etc. That's making a comeback. If you're into them, you can give it a yes nostalgia.
5: Yeah, nostalgia.
3: And if you're not, you can give it a no nostalgia. No,
1: no, 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 no nostalgia.
3: So the first one, this one is is close to my heart. Is Green Day is celebrating their 30th anniversary of the 1994 album Dookie with this massive deluxe edition. Have you heard about
4: this? I've heard about it. I haven't heard anything from it.
3: Yeah, so it's a six LP, four CD box set, which has the original album, 10 previously unreleased Dookie four track demos, seven Dookie cassette demos, a collection of six Dookie outtakes, as well as their Live at Woodstock set and their Live in Barcelona set from 94. And I believe there's a colored vinyl version. It comes with like a Dookie doggy bag and... Some others kind of small kind of trinkets. But Jeff, what are your thoughts on the 30th anniversary Dookie box set?
4: Okay, I need to... Can I ask two questions you might not be able to answer? Sure. What's the cost of the box set? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what are the tracks that are previously unreleased? Okay, so
3: I know the cost because I've put it in my cart and then not checked out about 15 times so wow. far. <laughs> if you buy it, it's $175 for the vinyl. Okay, okay. Okay, but I found it as cheap as like 140 150 if you can find it on like a promo or find it on sale somewhere. Okay I don't know ex- the exact track listing. I do know that like they released the de- the Dookie demos you can listen to those
4: yeah I know I, I'm curious of the new song if the songs because they did the Nimrod re-release right and it had bonus songs and those songs, Not that great. And I Uh love... Nimrod's maybe my favorite Green Day record. At at times, Nimrod is my favorite Green Day record. Yeah, it kicks ass. But it's got like 19 songs on it. So it's no surprise that like, they're like, hey, we, we found... These other songs, it's like, oh, I wonder why they didn't make it onto your 19th song <laughs> record where you let every song onto this record. I'm saying, yes, nostalgia for one. I think $175 for that box set sounds surprisingly reasonable for a band like Green Day. I would have expected yeah. somewhere above 200 bucks. I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't know if I'm spending that money. Sure. But also, a cool thing about box sets coming out in 2023 is that they're all on streaming services for free anyway. Right. So you don't really have to get the box set. And I'll get to listen to the Dookie demos. That's cool. Yes. I'm excited about that stuff.
3: You're excited. Yeah. It comes with a roll of Dookie, doggy bags, a five-button set, an air freshener, postcard, bumper sticker, magnet sheet, paper airplane, black and white coloring page, and a poster with alternate cover art. That's sick. What are those bonus tracks? It's got to say it on there, right? It's got to say it on here. Oh, wait, here it is. Yes. The bonus tracks. So there's demos, cassette demos. I don't know if there's actual... It's says mm, these li- listing of it. live sets, mm. and then it's there's outtakes, cassette demos, four-track demos. No new songs? I don't know if there's any new
4: songs. Nostalgia! <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think it's more demos, outtakes, and live stuff. It's the Woodstock set and the Alive in Barcelona set. How
4: many, many versions films. of it could you listen to in a row? Like, what do you do with that? Yeah, what do you do with that?
3: <laughs> Here's the other question: Who's buying the four CD set? Like that to me is—you're right. is, either going to stream it for me or buy the LPs. Someone with a car with a CD player, yeah. Whose
4: CD book got stolen? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. Okay. Maybe. someone. Maybe someone buys it for that person as a gift. I don't know. Maybe yeah. for Maybe for being on a podcast. I don't know. Jeff, I don't know. Do you have a CD player currently in your car? Hell yeah, you do. I got a car when I moved to LA, and it's 2016, I think, before, because that's the last car I could get with a CD player in it. Okay, so that was important. I think CDs are good. I think CDs are good. And also, as a person selling music, CDs Uh are making a mild comeback at the
3: time. Oh,
2: interesting.
3: I have an issue because I have, like, 3,000 CDs in my parents' basement, and I don't know what to do with them because they take up a lot of space, but I don't want to get rid of them.
4: Put them in, like, a catalog. Put them in, like, books. Put them in books. That that'll shrink that down. Yeah. Maybe you could recycle the plastic. Yeah. I don't know. Then you're still stuck with the CDs, but at least it's better. And you get to alphabetize. Who doesn't like doing that?
3: No, I know, because before everyone was like, you should just get rid of them. They're worthless. And now it feels like now people are like, no, you should CDs are actually good. Yeah. Dude, biggest
4: mistake. This is that's a stretch. But a big mistake <laughs> I made in my life mm-hmm. is that when I moved to LA, I was like, We've had this DVD collection. We have only been watching things that I've torrented on my Plex or that I am sure. streaming for the entire time, the nine years we've lived in Greenpoint. Yep. Let's fucking get rid of these DVDs. We don't need to move them out there. And I regret that all the time. Why do you regret it? Getting rid of physical media is a mistake. I think that like this shit with streaming is is built on very shaky foundation. And holding on to your physical media is a very good idea, because it's at least something you have, you know? Yeah. I
2: think when I yeah. took a nap in your room, there were a lot of DVDs in there. <laughs>
4: I'm sure. <laughs> That's why we got rid of
3: them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's tough, right? Yeah, because I think you're right about that,
4: but it's also like... There's probably a stack of, like, uncased DVDs. Yeah. Maybe several stacks just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff's pro. I'm
3: pro this also. I mean, I, I saw Green Day on this tour. No, I'm no. I'm no. You're no. You're yeah. no, because there's no bonus track.
4: Give me one new song from the era.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm yes because uh uh like I said, it's it's just reminds me of going that this is a very formative tour for me. A show I saw them in, in Cleveland, Sam AM opened at Blossom Music Center in ninety four. That's awesome. And it was yeah, it was a great. Show. I took, I talked about in the podcast. I took a limo there with friends. Okay. Our parents all rented us a limo because we weren't old enough to drive. I don't know how this happened. Now I how sound like an apple baby. Mom
2: and dad to help pay for a limo. I think it was like
3: twenty or thirty bucks a person, and it was like five of my friends, and they were like, there was a limo. It drove us there, then parked, waited the whole show, then we came out, and I remember us like moshing in the limo to greet in <laughs> The driver That's, being like, "Wait, you guys that- have to stop." <laughs>
2: Do you remember which one of your friends spearheaded this?
3: I believe it was I believe it was uh Lee Rollins, maybe. Okay. Maybe Lee's mom. Okay. But yeah. So anyways, I'm with it. I agree with Jeff. The bonus stuff would be nice. I do
4: feel like you're probably listening to like just 17
3: versions of the same song.
4: Yeah, but also, maybe maybe I am with it. I don't know. It's on six different LPs. You don't have to listen to them all in a row. I am curious about that Woodstock 94, like what their mix sounds like, because I had a bootleg of that when I was a kid that I would listen to just all the fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, so
3: so maybe Jeff's coming around on it. Yeah, I, th- I mean, it, it is on colored vinyl. They're all like different shades of brown vinyl. They really are leaning into the... Hell yeah. Into Hell yeah. That. <laughs> so I, I, I'm pro it. And, uh, you know, this would be a great birthday gift for me. Birthday's coming up later this month. I'm so already just,
4: trying to get it as a gift. So this is rude.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> Vanessa, what are your thoughts on the Green Day Dookie box set?
2: Well, I'm kind of pro it now that I know what to get you both for Hanukkah.
4: (laughs) Yes. One LP for each night and then two nights (laughs) of nothing.
2: Yes. But yeah, I think this is cool. I like that it has, you know, to me, I like that it has so much like merch that comes with it. I think that's really cool that there's so many merch elements. Also, I wonder if they, you know, I think the thing that Really, I was a big fan of the Dookie album. I think I used to borrow it from you, Jonah, and you probably had me pay you for it.
4: <laughs> Jonah used to... What is this?
2: Jonah... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about this on here. Jonah let me... Like Sometimes I would have to like buy stuff from Jonah. Not not very... Jonah. The, really, the only <laughs> time I can remember it, but it's related to this, is Jonah had a disc man, and he let me buy it from him for $45, which is... <laughs> A lot. And then he like like took it back from, like, it would always be like in his room. And I'd be like, Jonah, (laughs) I bought this from you. But anyway, the thing, I think I had the Dookie CD or else I borrowed it from Jonah at a price. But remember how there was the hidden song at the end of the album about I was all by myself? That song? Like, I wonder if there's some kind of amped up version of that or that was to me always so. Cool when there were those hidden songs at the end, and a similar one on uh, never mind the Alanis Morissette. Oh, never mind, yeah, 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 that's that's the one I was talking about.
3: <laughs> is there one on the Alanis Morissette? <laughs> yeah, oh, there is. I didn't even know about that one. It was
2: sort of similar to the one on Dookie, it was like about coming to someone's room. It was like, I came to your room, looked at your CDs. Oh, someone, you know what I'm talking <laughs> i I, was, I remembering this song do you, now, do you remember? And yeah. it was like. And I should be here. Something I usually sing more confidently on this podcast, but I just I don't have quite the memory recall it. But it was like there was it was really actually oddly similar to the bonus song on Dookie. <laughs> but I wonder if they would kind of expand on that bonus Dookie song. And I really love that album too. And I. I'm so I'm for it. It's a yes nostalgia for me. All
3: right. Okay. Great. What's the next one, Vanessa?
2: The next one is Wendy's Strawberry Frosty is back in time for summer. Originally launched in 2022, Wendy's pulled the flavor from their menu after a limited run. Sure, we got the peppermint frosty during the holiday season and that was festive, but the warmer months a lighter, fruity frosty will hit the spot. Wow.
3: Yeah. So, Jeff, so, yeah. So, it's replacing the vanilla Frosty. Our dad has... If you've listened to the podcast with our dad, he has a special Frosty card where he gets a a free Frosty.
2: I wonder how he feels about that.
3: I don't know. Jeff, what are your thoughts on a strawberry Frosty?
4: Well, my thoughts on strawberry ice cream is that it is one of the most underrated ice cream flavors. Yeah. It's a very good flavor. You guys are
2: so similar. Thank you. I don't... I don't,
4: (laughs) I don't know that I've ever... Had a strawberry frosty though? Yeah. I will say I don't understand why it has to displace another frosty. Mm-hmm. True. Wendy's has the money. Get another machine in there for a, a seasonal flavor.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: That's what I think. Dave Thomas trying to keep it all for himself instead of give the people three flavors.
3: Yeah. A regular frosty is chocolate. Is that like the standard? frosty flavor. Sure. I always just thought of a frosty as like its own thing that wasn't even a flavor. It was just this is what it is.
4: Yeah, it's like a very light chocolate, I feel like.
3: Yeah. And so, I think there's something kind of nice about, like, sometimes I feel like there's just like too many options with stuff now. It's like, sometimes it's nice to not have too many, but I also agree with you, Jeff. I do think... Three? So. Is three it's not too the, yeah. many? <laughs> Three's not too many, I guess. I just feel like you go buy a bag of chips and it's like, Ten thousand bags of chips, and you're like, I, I don't know, I-, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like like too much for me. But I do agree, strawberry underrated as a flavor. The other flavor I feel underrated is
4: coffee ice cream. Yeah, but coffee ice cream has caffeine in it.
3: Does it? Hmm. 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 It's got. Yeah, it's made of coffee. I know, but like. Is it real? Maybe they use decaf or something. You get decaf use coffee use ice cream. De-
4: oh, <laughs> I wish they made fucking decaf coffee ice cream. Then I could eat it at nighttime and feel yeah. like a bad boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so
3: yeah, I'm for, I'm for a strawberry frosty. I, I've never had one, I don't think. I think it would probably be very sweet.
4: So, I feel like with the frosty, at least what I would do is I would dip my fries in the frosty.
2: Yes, that's a classic move.
4: And how would that go with strawberry? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that.
2: I think the answer is not well? Oh,
4: no. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: but that's just my opinion. Do you not like strawberry ice cream? Well, we'll get to me last. I, I can tell you... Well, go ahead, Vanessa. Let's, okay. let's get into it now. Look, well, first of all, I want to take this opportunity to say to our many listeners um, who got excited about our when our dad was the guest on our podcast and talked about how he got this Frosty card that allows you to pay $2 for charity and then you get a free mini Frosty with every purchase. I have friends who went to Wendy's to get that card. And oddly, that deal, you could only get that card in the month of February.
3: Really? Wow. So
2: our dad thought that like he he th- he got... You get it for the year. So I think he was thinking like, oh, I should have gone in January and then I would have gotten one more month of free mini Frosties. Come to find out, February was the only month they were offering that. So hopefully they'll offer it again when February rolls around again. But I really apologize for anybody who went to Wendy's to get that Frosty's mini card and be real charitable like our dad and give $2 for it. So anyways, but I will say this. Jonah's always been way more into a strawberry ice cream than me. I like chocolate and I like vanilla. Uh, I like chocolate more. But there's just no... I'm never looking for a fruity... Ice cream or really dessert in general. Mm. Sure, there's sometimes I like them if they're forced on me, but I generally, you know, if I'm getting a Frosty, I'm getting chocolate. Yeah, can you dip fries in it? Yeah. Can you, is it delicious? Yeah. Like why mess? I I think the chocolate Frosty, I've never even, I didn't even know vanilla Frosties existed. Now i come to hear they're being replaced by strawberry Frosties for a limited time. I'm going, uh, what planet am I on? But at the same time, (laughs) I'd say this is a nostalgia for me, no Jonah. What would you nostalgia. say?
3: Yeah, yes, nostalgia for me. Um,
4: yeah, I'll, talked about it. I like strawberries. I'll say, I'll say, yes, nostalgia. Okay. I don't remember the past version of it, but I but I'm excited for the present version of it.
2: It's so sweet that you're both like sweeties who play punk music and then would want strawberry frosties. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I feel like my ultimate cold treat dessert is like rainbow sherbet or like an Italian ice or something, too. So it's all very like, ooh, that's fun. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's incredible. I'm like, give me double chocolate ice cream brownie cookie. <laughs>
3: too thick. <laughs> too much. It's too much. Not for me. Alright, the last one, Jeff, is yeah. Fender has announced the long awaited return of the Tom DeLonge Stratocaster and this is, I guess it's making a comeback in time for Blink's reunion tour and their latest album. It's got a Seymour Duncan. I gotta
4: look up this thing. Hold on.
3: Yeah, look it up.
2: This is celebrating the Blink 182 guitarist and singer's iconic career and sound.
3: Yeah, so it's got a modern C-neck jumbo friend And sound. Yep. Vintage tuners. It's got original artwork on the neck plate. And yeah, it's if you look it up, it's it comes in like... It says selling fast underneath
4: the price tag of $1,300. <laughs>
3: selling fast for 1300 It comes in these kind of like pastel-y colors. There's like a blue, green, yellow, rosewood. So so Jeff, what do you think about this guitar? Is this something you think you would play? Not really. What are your thoughts?
4: No, I don't think I would want a guitar that only has a bridge pickup on it. And, yeah, that's uh, tough. I don't think I would want to pay thirteen hundred dollars to sound like Tom DeLonge. Yeah, fair. I do like the colors though. The colors
3: are cool. Colors are good. It is weird. Just having a bridge pickup
4: does feel that is kind of a weird move. I mean, it can, it works for a lot of people. Like there, I, yeah. When I was in high school and early college, I worked at a recording studio in Long Island. And they would always tell all the bands they had to put their guitars on the bridge pickup or else the guitars would sound bad. And then a band came in to record and they're like, well, we like the neck pickups. And I was like, well, they told me you're supposed to only put it on the bridge. And they were like, well, this is how we like it. I was like, okay, fuck it. Let's do it. And then I got fired. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is some serious yeah. tone policing. That was some tone policing. <laughs> wow, yeah.
3: I mean, I've always been, you know, like Les Paul into the Orange or Marshall, just like very traditional. And I I like that. It's also probably why I I have bad posture because I play like the world's heaviest guitars and I'm like hunched over with them. But yeah, this would be tough for me. I do think the colors are cool. I saw Guns N' Roses the other night and Duff McKagan to me was like one of the coolest looking people ever. And and I've been researching his signature Fender bass, the one without the pickguard. And I kind of want that... I, I do
4: like the idea sometimes of signature instruments. That's interesting because I was thinking like, I don't know about a signature instrument. Like if you're in a band or you're like, hey, and look, I'm doing the Tom DeLonge thing. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Well, I think it's weird. Like, I, I mean, I think it's... The Duff
3: McKagan bass is sick though. The Duff McKagan bass is, is sick. I mean, also Vanessa, great present for me. <laughs> yeah, that's only $1,500 Vanessa. <laughs> yeah. <so>. It's like... <laughs> You know, Jack Antonoff, I remember we did a podcast with him and he was playing like a Frank Iero signature guitar just because he liked the guitar. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was really cool. I think it 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 can work if it's not too on the nose. If you're in a sure. band that sounds like Blink, I feel like you can't just get the Tom DeLong guitar. But if you're in a different kind of band and you're like, this guitar, actually, like I like the neck. I think then it's it's okay.
4: Yeah, I I think you for a while you would see a lot of people playing that Jay Maskus guitar. The like it's like yes. a white jazz master with a gold pick guard, and it was just because it was cheap and good. Right, right. I think the cheapness is like like the price having a low price on like a signature thing. That's the move because yep. you're like trying to look at fans who are likely young and don't have a lot of money, and trying to get them into playing music and stuff, which I think is cool. But I think charging thirteen hundred dollars for a Tom DeLonge guitar, as much as I like Fender. As much as I sure. appreciate their instruments. Yes.
3: Has anyone ever come and said we're interested in doing a Jeff Rosenstock signature guitar?
4: No, we we I have a fender rep, but I've been like, hey, can we do a signature guitar? And I don't get a reply to that email. <laughs> it's, gonna <happen. laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> what would your signature I, I, what? what would it be? What would it be? Uh it would there are a few things. The tuning heads would have to be able to stay in tune. It would okay. have to be like rust proof. So if you sweat a lot like I do, it just like smart. It would just like whatever it could be that it's cheap and doesn't break. I don't care about the body shape. I don't care about like the rest of it as long as it's cheap, stays in tune, doesn't break, has a whammy bar. Everything else they could decide. <laughs> Fair
3: enough, Jonah.
2: What would your signature guitar be?
4: Yeah, light, lightweight. Mm-hmm. I, you know, after your Les Paul,
3: yeah, the opposite. I like, I like the shape of Les. Yeah, just light. I like, yeah, stays in tune. I'd want a couple humbuckers on it, and uh, yeah, just simple, just simple, simple and light. Vanessa, what would your signature guitar be? Yeah, Vanessa. What about well, yours? Well,
2: I'm not going to just have a bridge pickup. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you think that's all I'll do, then. And charge 1300 dollars for a bridge pickup. And I go, well, what about picking up the other kind of roads and cars and things on the street? <laughs> I'm going, no, thank you. And the bridge again. Okay. But um, no, that would be it would probably be pretty flashy looking and
3: maybe some sparkles or something. Maybe oh, yeah. some
2: sparkles and you know, be it would stay in tune as well. That's why I would want that too.
4: Right. So basically just what Jeff said.
3: But
2: yeah. yeah, well,
4: no, actually, I would want what Vanessa said too. To be honest okay. with you, I'd like some sparkles <laughs> on this guitar. So yeah, yeah. co-signature guitar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that'll get better luck at getting one if I get you know <laughs> some more people on it.
3: That would be so incredible if it was like Fender announces the Jeff Rose <laughs> and Stuck
4: Vanessa X Bear, Vanessa Bear guitar. <laughs> 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 yeah, come on, Fender, let's do it. Let's do it, Fender. And please. it has like
2: sparkly flowers all over it and stuff.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh. Hold on. This is a guitar I've been trying to get for a while. It's like just rainbow lightning bolt, like spider veins and stuff on it. This is what the guitar I would want it to look like. I'm dropping it in the chat right now. Okay. 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 can't wait. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. That's awesome.
4: That'd be sick, right?
3: It's yeah. like
2: leopard print. Yes. Yeah.
4: yeah it's,
3: but also like
4: barbed wire. That's really cool.
3: I think the marketing for this Jeff Rosenstock, Vanessa Bear guitar, could be like whether you're like a very accomplished guitar player or have never really picked
4: up a guitar. <laughs> yeah. This is a perfect guitar for you. Which one of us is the very accomplished guitar player? That Jeff, that's you. Come on. Where's my uh, guitar Grammy? Huh?
2: <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Where is it?
4: Oh, it's on my mantle. So
3: Vanessa, what are you saying to the Tom DeLonge guitar?
2: well based on my limited knowledge of this kind of stuff but in the bridge pickup things i say no because no, it feels Stalgia. like it doesn't it feels jonah was your what do you say
3: I, I don't know i think it's i think it would be cool to have around the house yeah but yeah i yeah so I, i'll say, i'll give you nostalgia to it why not but um but i understand the 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 pickup the pickup issue yeah
2: i'm gonna give it actually like a right down the middle nostalgia okay because i don't Feel strongly about it, but I I hear what you're both saying, and I think you both have really good points.
4: I'm going with the with a strong yes, so Just I can keep up. whatever's left of my Fender deal yes, after yes, this yes. conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, Everyone's yeah. saying yes. We're Everyone all saying, saying yes. yes. We're yes. all saying yes. Yes, yes. yes Fender. Yes, <laughs> and give us all this rainbow guitar. Yes, please.
2: Come on, Fender. I would love that. I would love them to be a sponsor, but if at the very least to give us this rainbow guitar. Yeah. Yeah,
4: we can all share one.
3: All right. So I think we're all on the same page. That's a nostalgia and a shout out to Fender. And so, uh, Jeff, yeah. where can people find out more about you, about your tour dates, Hell Mode, all that stuff? What's the best way to do that?
4: Uh, you could go to hellmode.biz. You could go to jeffrosenstock.com. Uh, I have a digital record label where all the music is free, or you could donate money to the artist, or in our case, to a charity. Uh, Hell Mode's up on there right now with all the money from my thing which is gotta be clear, not that much money. Uh is going to <laughs> the uh entertainment community fund to support people who are on strike now to try oh, that's so nice. and like you know get your fucking money because they wanna take it all and ta- like I you know I'm not very articulate when speaking about it but like it's uh really ridiculous that terms have not been met yet and it's just people trying to bleed their workers dry and it's fucked up. So anyway, all that money's going there. But if you go to quote unquote records, you can download a whole bunch of stuff and you could type in my name and find me on social media and I will be there screaming shit into the void.
2: (laughs) Incredible. Did you say regrettable? No, I said incredible. Oh. No, incredible. Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. But regrettably, this podcast is over. <laughs> and we'd like to thank Jeff so much for joining us and to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like The Price is Right.
4: Thanks so much, Jeff. Hey, thanks so much for having us. This was a really nice time.